Speaking of getting booked, this podcast is about one thing, getting booked to speak more. Whether you are an established speaker or a newbie, we want to see your career take off. Hundreds of speakers are hired every single day, and you are next. Let's jump in with your host, Matt Browning. Hey, welcome back to Speaking of Getting Booked. You're a speaker. You want to get booked more. And that's where we come in because I'm always sitting down with meeting planners, promoters, seminar leaders, chapter presidents, really anyone who's responsible to have a stage, a live stage. And that's the big difference with us is the live stage where you can be in front of your ideal prospects and clients. Um, that's one of the hardest things to do. And of course, we cover everything from paid speaking to pay to speak to free speaking, lead generation and sales on the stage. There's a lot of different ways to crush it and do great as a speaker. With me today is um, probably one of my longest time speaker friends, sisters. Uh, she's we, we go way, way back, and it's always such a, a glorious time hanging out together. Uh, RV Robinson, I just want to jump in. You know, RV is a, a master speaker trainer, uh, but she's presented over 3,500 of her own presentations, and I'm sure the number has grown uh, since writing that bio. Um, she does keynotes. She does educational programs, conferences, retreats. She runs her own workshops and seminars, and she has shared the stage with speaking giants, people like Mark Victor Hansen, Laurel Langemeyer, Tom Hopkins, Bill Walsh, Chris Howard, Joel Bauer, Jay Conrad Levinson, Eric Lawholm, John Childers, Adam Urbinski, love Adam, Raymond Aaron, Larry Benet, Jill Lublin, the PR queen, and so many more. Wow. And I've been on your stage many, many times. You've also been on my stages. So I cannot wait just to dive in into this whole industry. RV, how are you? Hey, Matt, I'm great. You know, I should have put on there your name because you and I have shared the stage many times. I but mean, then I'd have to be a speaking giant and then that would change your whole entire bio. <laughs> you are a speaking giant. <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm so glad. So I just want to jump right in, you know, um, quick backstory with you and with us. Tell everyone a little bit just quickly, like how we met and how we came into each other's lives. And then I want to hear your start in speaking after that. Okay, well, you and I met because I was invited to one of your events. Remember that? Yeah, it, it was uh, our five-day NLP event, or four That's days, right. whatever it was at the time. The one exactly. that, <laughs> that your husband, <laughs> it's my favorite story, your husband did not believe, because we were doing hours crazy. I was, um, I was in my early 30s, maybe 20s by then. So I was doing like 9 a.m. to midnight. We'd stay till 1, 2, 6 a.m. was the late night. And I remember you telling me your husband did not believe that you were right. at a seminar all night long. <laughs> right. I was coming in right when he was leaving for work. And the look I got from him. <laughs> it's like, there's no way you can't be one. Of, and, and that was one of the marks that, that what I always did very differently than so many other seminar leaders, contemporaries, because I had those crazy late nights. But I'm glad uh, all, all <laughs> that ends well as well. And you and Michael right. are very happily married today. Right. Um, He's so still my was, husband. It was a pretty funny thing, though. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So ever yeah. since then, yeah, we just started, we started hanging out and we get together. Uh, obviously, you know, every time I'm in town, we're getting together at Lucille's, have some barbecue lunch. That's um, right. You're one of my favorite people to visit. And, but I've also spoken on your stage many times. I want to talk about some of your stages. Okay. How did you, like, I know a lot of your story, but tell us kind of a little bit of like, how did you decide to say, I'm done with corporate. I'm not doing anything else. I'm doing speaking. I'm an entrepreneur at this. and how did that start? Well, um, so I started my speaking career in corporate America because I was asked to speak there. And after about 23 years, I 
reach the top that I could reach in, in that field. I work for a large CPA firm as a systems consultant. And I realized one day that all I was, I wasn't making a difference anymore. We're early on. I was a trailblazer making a difference. And so I knew it was time to make a change. And so I prayed about it and it wasn't long before God gave me the answer. And he said, public speaking, but that's not how he said it to me, Matt. He said, teach others what I've taught you. That's how he said it to me. And I knew exactly what he meant. Yeah. Teach others what I taught you. Yes. Which coincidentally has been shown and proven in studies that it's the very best way to master any content is not to go over the content multiple times, but it's to teach the content as quickly as you can because the teaching is the thing that puts you, it's like in a different perspective or something. That's really cool. Did you start teaching on the same, because I don't think I know this answer. Did you start teaching on the same content you were teaching in corporate or did you jump right out into public speaker training as you, you've been doing for years because you had trained and taught for so many hours? Right. Uh, no, what I taught in corporate America was I was teaching business owners how to um, automate their accounting system. See this, I started back in the eighties and back then, uh, small to mid-sized companies couldn't afford to automate accounting. There just wasn't systems out there until finally microcomputers came on the scene and now, you know, they could afford to buy them and, and to implement. So I was teaching more of the county, how to set up an accounting system and how to enter your accounts payable and accounts receivable, that kind of thing. But during that time, I used speaking to get the clients and I, I thought I could just go out and speak without being trained. And I did, and I failed miserably. And it took a woman <laughs> coming up to me to tell me that I really sucked at it. You know, she said, honey, you say okay after every sentence. And I didn't realize that. But when she said, after she said that, I realized that I needed to respect public speaking and I needed to get trained if I was going to step on stages. So then I got trained. I, you know, went to seminars, hired mentors and coaches. And the better I got with public speaking, the better my clients got. And then I just used it in corporate America to get clients to um, get promotions because in a CPA firm, a lot of the managers weren't really extroverts, what I call outerverts, you know, they were introverts, they weren't outerverts. <laughs> and so, um, you know, I got a lot of visibility and a lot of attention and that led to promotions and so on and so on. And so when I transitioned into my own business, it was a natural transition in a way because I had been teaching my colleague public speaking and I was asked to teach group communication skills to a lot of the other people in corporate America. So it was a natural transition. It wasn't like nothing and then just boom, I'm an instant public speaking coach. I had been doing that on an inside company, even though that wasn't my job, my job, was, you know, I would do that on the weekends and things like that. Sure, um, you became really known in that space and in the industry is like, hey, RV is the one who does the speaking and she's really great at it. So people will come to you and you're, you're building them up and you're teaching right. them what you already learned. So now you go out on your own and you start public speaker training. Did you speak for a while and doing free sessions and, and sales training? Or did you initially start doing, putting on seminars of your own where you would sell your programs, products, and services? What well, was kind of came first, speaking or yeah. seminars? Well, first, you know, it was speaking, speaking for free, but it but wasn't long because I got it. I went out there and yeah, I realized I, and I, would, I would go to seminars and I realized, you know what? 
I was in a seminar one day. It was an Adam Urbanski seminar. Adam. And you know Adam and I have the same birthday? Yes, I saw that on December Facebook. 18th. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But you're but much younger. On. You're much younger than he is. I hope he doesn't hear this. <laughs> I hope he does. Adam, you're getting old. I mine. love him. I love him. He was my first mentor. If, I, if oh, it wasn't for him good when man. I got out of corporate America, uh, he was my first mentor. I think if it wasn't for him, I might have ran back to corporate America because I didn't know anything about being an entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, he, he helped me through that. But anyway, it was, it was one of his seminars. And I looked at a, a friend that I barely knew. I looked at him and I said, you know, we were, it was the end of the seminar. We were all high from the, you know, explosion of the seminar and everything. And I looked at my friend and I said, you know what, we could do this. And he said, yes, we can. And I said, but I want to do something about speaking. And he said, so do I. And so we developed um, Speak Your Way to Wealth. And that ran for about nine years. And that I've had everybody you can imagine on, on that particular stage. And it was a multi-speaker event when that was in its glory. So I did that like probably a year into my, my company because I didn't want to wait. The reason why I did it is because I didn't want to wait for people to ask me to be on their stage. I said, well, let's just create our own stage. And so I've been creating stages for people ever since. That was one of the, yeah. the first ones I spoke at as well, right? It was at the same event? Speak your way to wealth know. or- did you? You know what? Gold? Like you Go are for the right. gold? Oh, that, oh, you're right. That was the same genre, but for one year we changed it to go for the gold because we thought people would um, not want to, you know, come after nine years to the same event. Sure, but essentially you're it was right. the same so event. Just changed the name. Was it? Hey, you were on there. That was so wonderful. Yeah, well, I, and I remember that. So while we're on that subject, let's quickly talk about this. And I think um, it would be great. Let's get into some, some nuggets of getting booked. It would be phenomenal. Okay. So putting on your seminar promoter hat, they, you had all different types of speakers coming to that event. And let's talk about multi-speaker events for a moment. Okay. So these are events where traditionally, you know, there's going to be no keynote fee for a speaker and right. you're either going to have paid sponsorships. So the speaker pays, or it's going to be some kind of a free speaking. What, especially initially, what caused you to say yes to speakers? What were some of the things you looked for? And then what caused you to say no? And I'm talking kind of early, maybe the first five years of it. I know part of it is like you wanted to build your name and your brand. So if you had a bigger name speaker, you'd probably say, hey, yep, you can speak for free. However that worked. What, what, what was your style and your preference going into that? Right. Good question, because we, we, we really didn't know what we were doing. So I think we really just invited anybody that would say yes uh, in the beginning. But um, in the very first Speak Your Way to Wealth, we wanted speakers that would sell speaking. Now, in hindsight, that was really not such a good idea because then they competed with me. If so you, you mean sell speaking, speaking, like they from the speaker stages training. sell packages for speaking? Speaker training. Oh, okay. So you'd have so a bunch of speakers all selling speaker training. <laughs> and you were a speaker trainer and everyone's speaker training speakers and you got I, a lot of speakers. I know it was crazy, right? But, but we did. So we had Dottie Walters on the stage, which, you know, sells some speaker training. We had uh, James Malinchek who sold speaker training. Sure. And then you had Joel we Bauer, had, right? Well, that's prior to Joe, uh, oh, Joel Bauer. But yeah, eventually we had him on the stage. We had, uh, boy, I can't even remember the name now, but we had several. And of course, 
because we thought that's what it was. And then it what didn't take me too many years before I figured out. This is not going well. We're not going to have that kind of competition. So we had, uh, then we invited people like the complimented, like Laura Langemeyer and, um, of course, Mark Victor Hansen. So they teach on like wealth, around books, around mindset or books, something well, different, but not on speaker training. Right. Um, yeah. So what caused you to invite someone like a Laurel or a Mark or whomever it was that was a complimentary? Was it the idea of, hey, if you can sell from stage because this is the style of event at the time? Or was it the recognition of the name to get people to come? Or was it because what they would do for you in a JV relationship? If you were to prioritize those I guess, goodies. What was your kind of top priorities when you looked for a speaker at the time? Good question. Most of the time it was fame, you know, how well known they were. And then second, it was sales because oftentimes we didn't know how good they would sell until they were on the stage. So in, so Laurel Langemeyer, for one, before she came to our big Speak Your Way to Wealth, or she was actually gold for the gold. We did go for the gold two years in a row. And I, I, I'll never forget, she had this gold jacket on that looked like it was made of coins. It was so awesome. Um, <laughs> but I had her on my single stage. I have lots of stages. So I do a one-day event, which you've been to, called at that time Speak Up Cash In. Yep. And she came to that first. And then I saw how she could sell. And then I invited her to the even bigger stage. So sometimes it was a strategy like that, just kind of test them out on a private stage, my stage, and then bring them to the bigger stage. Because even gotcha. a lot of the big speakers, I mean, I had Raymond Aaron on this on Go for the Gold and Joel Bauer. And Joel Bauer, actually, his company calls us. We didn't go after him. We didn't even know he existed. And they phoned us. But in the very beginning, actually, like say our first few Speak Your Way to Wells, we selected people that were our mentors or that supported us or served us, like Adam was on our first stage. So I would say if what I teach my clients now is if you want to get on bigger stages, then here's you got to use stage grace. And stage grace is go to the event, right? Support it. Just visit, go to the event, serve at the event, right? Ask if you can become an affiliate and bring people to the event, right? So um, if someone comes to you and, and at any point, even now, if someone yeah. came and said, hey, RV, I saw you're doing this new event. It looks awesome. Can I support you in this? That's a, obviously you have a good heart about it, but like, how would you want someone to ask you, hey, can I support you in this? Can I become an affiliate? I'd like to maybe help promote it. But then if I also say, obviously I'd love to be able to speak if you have a speaking spot, can we talk about that? How, and this is a weird question because it's very subjective to each person. It's subjective to who asks it and it's subjective to who receives it. <laughs> but how do you, how would someone approach you, let's say, without giving, I don't know, without a bad vibe, without you going, oh, come on, you just want to get on my stage. You know what I mean? Like, let's right. say you really are pure about it. But you're like, yeah, I want to get on stage. I'd love to speak at your event. How can I approach you in a way that's not going to turn you off? That's a, that's a million dollar question right there. Because It really is, because you make a million dollars a year if you answer that question right. You know, the best approach is to come from a giving approach. So like if someone came up to me and said, RV, I love what you're doing. I want to have you on my stage, right? Do you have a stage I can be on, like a stage swap? I would be more than willing, as long as I've heard them, because I have a reputation as a speaker trainer, so I can't have some dud non-speaker guy or girl be on it. But let's say I know they're a great speaker, then a stage swap would be a nice way to approach. Or most of the time I'm approached from like a very taking point of view. 
right? Explain that a little more because I I think some people do that because that's kind of how they're wired, but I think the majority of people do that accidentally. Part of what we talk about a lot on the show is like, how do you not be that person? Because they don't want to, but you can come off that way. So what are some of the things that are like the dead giveaways that you're like, do not say this (laughs) or do not act like this? (laughs) Yeah. Do not say, can I be on your stage? I mean, especially if someone doesn't know you or give me a a one sheet and say, I want to speak on your stage. I'm thinking like, I don't even know you, you know? It's like, in a way, you know, you're saying, hey, I want to go to bed with you. And I don't even, you didn't even give me a kiss. We haven't even had a date. Right, we haven't even had a date. So that's what I mean by stage grace. So get to know people. Make sure you're a fit. I mean, people ask to be on my million dollar stage and they they don't even know what it is. They don't even know what it's about, you know, and they're not even a fit. So I would recommend for people to, again, support, sponsor the event first. Research the the event. event. Make sure you know what it even is, right? Make sure you know what it is. Sponsor the event. Man, if someone got 10 people to any of my events, they would get five minutes on stage. Put them in there, no questions asked. And that's minimum. That's like, hey, I'm supporting you. So, okay. So guys, listen, like one of the most important things, the simplest thing you can do is if you really want to get in someone's good graces, you'd really like to be able to speak on their stage show them, put your money where your mouth is, show them first and help promote and get some people to the event. If you have a database of any size, even if you have, you know, a hundred, you know, or we all have a database, it's called Facebook, right? But like that really, it's a database. And instead of emailing someone, you're putting, you know, you're messaging them or you're putting something on the wall that several hundred of them will see. So why not say, hey, I'm really excited that my friend RV is putting on an event and I'm going to be there. And that's one of the simplest things you could do. Right. Um, You know, Craig does Walt right? Yes, of course. Yeah. And Craig's been a dear friend for years. I've been in his mastermind for, I don't know how many years at this point, but he is awesome. And I've spoken on the stage many times, but I always share the story. The very first time that I got invited was, well, the first time I met him, I bought his program. And there's there's something powerful about, I could have approached it differently. I could have said, Hey, I'm kind of a big deal too. And I have events and you have events and let's JV and try to, I don't know. But I just thought, I thought, you know, if I was him, and I just spoke at this event. I wouldn't want some guy trying to pass a card to me and try to big league me. I don't know, whatever. So I just said, hey, I love what you're doing. I'm looking forward to getting to know you. Here's my form. I'll see you at the event. I think there's a lot we can do together. And then I showed up and I Good. supported him. And we've been stage trading for years ever since. Beautiful. I love that story. And, and um, my students get on my stage, every single one of them. Uh, they get on my million dollar stage. I often bring them to my one day stage. But Matt, I've got a couple more stages that you don't even know about yet that is huge. Me right now. Right? Okay, so I stages I don't even know about. Let's that's right, because they just happen. So RV, how can I support you? (laughs) (laughs) No, but I just got this opportunity to organize and put together this event that's a women's event. 250 women go, business owners. Once a year, it's a one-day event. It's called Women in Business Conference in Orange Mm -hmm. County. It's for score, right? Oh, wow. So uh, they don't pay. You can't sell from the stage. It's pure educational. But guess what? I'm in charge of it. I'm in charge of getting the speakers, and I don't have to promote the thing. Isn't that great? That's incredible. Now, Isn't some it- people might be missing why that's such a huge opportunity. So if someone spoke there, you're not getting paid to speak. You also can't sell from stage, which leaves us the third opportunity. What do you do? And you, this is something that you have just mastered, turning the hat for a second as a speaker 
is using speaking to grow your database, your leads, your prospect, basically speaking as a prospecting tool, as a marketing tool. Talk to me a little bit about, not just in general, because the people listening to this right now are beyond just kind of the initial, hey, how does speaking work? So talk to me about some of maybe your specific like tactics or some of the things that have worked really well for you when you speak for free and you can't sell. How do you leverage that so it's not... Because it can be a waste of time, quite frankly. And and I don't mean that in a negative, these people aren't any good. But if you're going to, especially if you're going to get on a plane or you're going to go get a hotel and then you speak in front of 40 people and you're like, yeah, I got 12 business cards. And that can be a little disheartening because of all the time and expense. So what are some ways that you've leveraged free stages really, really effectively? What are some of the genius ideas? Okay, so two ways. And it depends how long you have to speak. So if you have a good 20 to 30 minutes, Mm then what I recommend, instead of just collecting business cards and getting, you know, filling your database, which is fine, I believe in a combo. So a combo doing strategy sessions and the business card. So instead of collecting business cards, you create a little form that they quickly fill out, only name, email address, and then a couple of boxes. And the boxes is free strategy session, maybe go to a free event. And then the third one is book you as a speaker because you must have your speaking effort roll into another speaking effort and so on and so on. So you always want to have something on there about booking you at another event in the future or on a podcast or whatever. Then you, you can either do a giveaway with those cards or you just have them pass them in. And I have uh, leveraged my speaking to where maybe I don't get all the cards like building the database, but I get really hot leads well, that I want. call. Yeah. And do a strategy session, close them for coaching, close them for a workshop and make a lot of money in one speaking engagement and and really help a lot of people, really help people because you could drip on them all day long, but that's not going to really help them become a speaker. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've, uh, we've talked about this quite a bit, actually, you and I um, offline and I, you know, I've, I've wrestled with it over the years and I'm, as you have, I'm sure as well, this concept of like, I don't want to be so much of a sales guy that like, I'm always closing. And as soon as I meet him, I'm like, close, buy my stuff. But then I went the other way and it's like, you know what? I'm just going to nurture it. I'm going to build. And then it's like, things just kind of turned cold also. because <laughs> It's like, they were excited when they saw me and they saw yeah. what they could do, but then life gets in the way. So I've kind of come back to that middle ground of, I don't need to be this type A closer, but expediency really is everything after a speaking gig. Cause people were like, yes, that thing you said was relevant. I want to learn it. So the quicker you can move to, hey, let's, let's teach you how to do it. Let's do something together, the better. The other thing I love that you just said was have a box in your free gift or your opt-in form for Book RV as a speaker. Yes. And now it's like you don't know who's in your audience. They could, you could have so, a few people, especially at seminars. You're going to have some podcast hosts. You're going to have maybe someone else who runs their own seminar, someone who's – I've met some corporate people. In the last event I put on RV, I had a photographer – that was there, that was, and you'll love this, the photographer for John Densmore, the drummer from The Doors, and Ooh. several other like huge kind of classic rock musicians. And he was just a guy who attended the event. But once we started connecting, he's like, oh, you're looking to, so now we have connections going. I had a producer from Los Angeles uh, television sitting in the, you don't know who's in the audience, I guess is my point. Treat them all gold. Treat them all like they're gold. That's for sure. You know? Right, right. Agreed. And I, I want to take the second to do the second ways. Oh, yeah. 
And the second way is sometimes, I said, depending on how long you have to speak, a lot of times, I mean, our speaker time is getting shorter and shorter because of the attention span of our audience and because of boring speakers, to be quite honest. And so it's getting shorter and shorter, about 15 minutes is the average now. But what happens if you only have five minutes? You can't really send out the cards and do all that. So a lot of speakers don't do any close at all. And I'm like, you have to do a close every single time you speak or what I call an invitation. So the invitation, if you only have five minutes, it's just simple. It goes like this. If I've inspired you in any way, come and see me or come to my booth. See, even at score, you can't sell from the stage, but you get a booth. So you send people to the booth and you close them there for heaven's sake. All you want. always a way to get business and to help people. You just sometimes have to be creative. So my takeaway from that is no matter what, there's never an excuse not to invite or close. And I've had, I have, I have a gig coming up. That's like a sponsorship gig. That's a two minute, you get two minutes on stage and it's like, great. You know what I'm going to do for two minutes? I'm going to tell a story for 90 seconds. that is inspired action. And then I'm going to say, come over to the table and here's what I'm going to give you. I have this thing for you. Come on over and grab it. It's free. Or it'll be a text opt-in. You know, there's all different tools and things. Make sure you know what tool you're using. And one of the things you have, which I actually want to chat about real quick so we don't miss it, is your closing script. You have a really cool new freebie that you put up called How to Turn Interested into Income After Every Speech. So exactly what we're just talking about. If you want to know what are the scripts, exactly what do I say to turn people from hmm to actually signing up to get something and now you can move forward with the strategy session, whatnot. We're going to put this up on the, on the, on the description here or on the show description, but it's at RV, which is A-R-V-E-E, robinson.com slash free closing script. And you can grab that now. Tell us a little bit about that and why, why is that something you created for people? Because most people just don't know how to pull out the interested people. They know how to do a free raffle and put in the, you know, cards and all that. And then they end with that, but that doesn't necessarily get you the clients. It helps you build your database, but you don't know if those people are interested in what you have or not. This pulls out only the people that are interested. And I, I outlined straight exactly what to say, when to say it, the do's and the don'ts. It's like a five page document. It's not like a one page check. It's a five page document. And if you follow it, then out of a group of 25, people, you can get at least five hot leads. These are people that come to you and say, I want you to call me. I want you to follow up with me, right? Now, if you kept doing that, if you only spoke four times a week to a small group of 25, right? And pulled that, that's 20 hot leads in a month. Right. And then you could have to go to what's your closing ratio? What are you closing? 20% maybe into coaching or into programs? That's well, and that's not that high. Yeah. Like that's a pretty easy thing to do, right? Yeah. Well, you know, if, if they're interested people, right. And you set it up right and you say it right and pre-frame it right. Then they're not going to be looky loser or tire kickers. They're going to be serious buyers. And so you could probably close minimum three if you're good at closing um, because there might be a couple that the timing just isn't right for them. Usually it's not because of the money. It's just timing, adding something else to their, to their already busy to-do list. But imagine closing three, right? Three times four is 12. That's 12 clients a month yep. times a month out of the year. That's hundred clients. Now what's a client worth to you? 5,000, 10,000. What about the life of the client? I mean, right. this is serious way to build your business. Well, with, with that math, you're talking, even if you sold a thousand dollar program, which should, I mean, really in the coaching world is kind of nothing. Like, 
yeah, it's like entry level. You're already doing over six figures. Yeah. Times it by five, you're doing over half a million, almost 600,000, 600,000 a year. That's, that's a pretty considerable business. It and it's all is. from speaking. Hey, can we sw- switch gears back to seminars for a second? Okay. And I love hearing this and I want to pre-frame, this can be anonymous, of course. You can change the details to protect the innocent or the guilty. What are some of your maybe worst speaker experiences? Either a speaker who came to your event and you're like, never again are they coming. Or perhaps an event that you went to and you went, wow, I can't believe how that seminar got ran. And this is Quick disclaimer, we're not griping. This right. is lesson learning time. So please don't think <laughs> we're, we're bitter about it. But these are two veterans and speaking. I'd love to hear some of the horror stories of what we can learn to never do when we're trying to connect to get booked on speaker stages. Right. Well, I, I think a couple things. One, on both sides, being a speaker and going to an event where they promise X number of people and there isn't any real audience, but instead you go and everybody's either a speaker or a sponsor or they're involved in some way. Half the audience are all there because they're going to get their own stage time, essentially. Yeah, there's no yeah. buyer. So no real buyer. So that's always a bummer. And that's um, really nothing that you can, nothing that you can foresee except for my warning is be careful of new events. Yes. Now, if someone hasn't had a history, if they just brand new at it and they haven't done a lot of workshops or they haven't put on a lot of events and they're trying to do a big event be careful i always recommend to my clients put on a small seminar first you know do an evening event do a half a day on a saturday bring your friends let's build it up don't try to get a hundred people in when you your database is a thousand i mean it just won't work (laughs) right so that's one thing that's that's the classic number isn't it how many people are going to be there oh a hundred oh we're shooting for a hundred I, I know, to- 10, and there's 10 or something. So that's one side. That's me being the speaker. And me being the promoter, putting the promoter hat on, it's speakers that in the multi-speaker arena that couldn't sell or didn't sell. Because you're putting, in the old days, we would put all the risk on the promoter. All the expense was on the promoter. You mm-hmm. would invite someone to speak they wouldn't send out an email even though it was in the contract they wouldn't promote it it's the Mm -hmm. worst nightmare so now you got all the people in the room which is all new people and now here they come in they kind of steal your people and they don't sell and give you anything so that's a nightmare and i'll tell you now that is one of the reasons that promoters kind of turn to a pay and play approach, whether or not we we like it or not, it's because they got tired of speakers not being able to sell on the platform. And I've seen it through the years. There's been some really great sellers, but they didn't sell. It kind of takes that one speaker to just break that chain. And I don't, you know, just like go through it because sometimes your audience is sitting there with their arms crossed going, I'm not going to buy anything. I'm not going to buy anything. Yeah. And it's really um, easy to quickly go like the wrong direction because if, if you get a speaker who's like kind of trying to oversell and they're not really that good. And I watched this, I remember a seminar I was speaking at once. I watched another guy go up, obviously won't say who it was, but you know, half the presentation, I talk about myself, you talk about yourself, but half of it was him and photos with people, like literally half, not just the intro. And he went on and on and on. And he was like, okay, and this is, you know, I want to help you. And are you committed to your business? And then he did the other half was basically his pitch. And at the end, I think he sold one out of, you know, a hundred and something people there. But what happened is I remember watching the audience and after he went on, the next speaker came up and people had that, it was like the audience gets more and more closed or more and more open. Right. And now it's like, you don't want the speaker to make your audience now protective and jaded and 
whoa, now they're all going to try to sell to me and all these, you know, and then all of a sudden you get people talking the hallways and the culture of a seminar is really important. Would you agree? Absolutely. In one of my uh, events at Speak Your Way to Wealth early on, I literally, some woman, I I was in the back and this woman got up from her seat before the speaker was done and she looked at me and she just said, slime. And I just was like, oh my God. I know who you're talking about. I'm just kidding. I I, I don't even remember, but that's the feeling that she got was she was slime. And I thought, oh, that's not what I want. I, you know, I try to tell people when it's a multi-speaker event, Treat it like a smorgasbord. Treat it like somebody's going to be your next mentor. And here you get a taste of different people and different personalities. And you pick. You get to pick. That's such a good frame. Yeah. Where can you go where you can see a bunch of different mentors? That's how I got most of my mentors is going to live events with multi-speakers. And now it's a shame that that's not really popular model anymore. Well, and I think to, to kind of the earlier point that that's, to me, that's the reason why it's not popular anymore. Cause we started hearing those things. Like people go, Oh, it's just going to be a speaker thon. It's going to be a sell a thon. It's going to be a blah, blah, you know, it's like, Oh, speaker sell, speaker sell. And, and it's interesting because the way you describe that, it's like, that's actually pretty cool. One of the frames yeah. I use if I'm going to have multiple speakers on is, Hey, like I teach people learn. It's okay to say yes. It's okay to say no. And if the audience feels like they can't say no, because everything has this weird pressure to it, then that's when they go, you know what? Boundary. I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm going to walk out the door. Whereas if it's okay to go, Hey, this is really relevant to me. I'd like to find out more. I'd like to do your program. You know what? This one isn't really relevant. I'm not looking to build an online course. So, Hey, but I'd like what you did. If it's okay to have that culture, then all of a sudden it's like people are buying what they need and not what they don't. And I'm selling some students, you're selling other ones and the whole thing, you know, it actually works pretty well. Right. I want to share one other thing when you said, you know, what's a good experience and bad. I remember one of the, I had an event called market your way to wealth and I had a speaker on that sold internet marketing services and he sold from the stage right? He sold $50,000, right? So my business partner and I were like, cha-ching, we just got $25,000 from one speaker. So we're like doing the happy dance. So happy. Well, guess what happens? And this is what audiences don't see. They just see people running in the back of the room. By the time we're said and done Monday morning, uh, 95% of the people dropped out of the course because- It, yeah, because it wasn't what they wanted. Only one sale for $4,000 stuck. That is horrible as a promoter because yeah. you're getting all excited and then let down. So that happens. Sometimes, you know, wow. there's buyer's remorse and people cancel and, you know, they're out of the frenzy. And, uh, you know, so as a promoter, that was a sad day. <laughs> wow. Yeah, no joke. Well, and, and there's, there's a few, you know, there's, the other thing to, I think, keep in mind, and tell me what your experience is with this RV, um, that you're, as a speaker, when you're pretty new, you know, nobody knows you, so you want to create a reputation. But once you've been around a little bit, especially in your local area, if you go to events or you put on events, your reputation really precedes you. If you're always late when you speak, or if you always stick around or you don't, or even what you're, because there's a few speakers I could think of that, like, I wouldn't have on my stage for exactly what you just said. I know that they create a frenzy and then there's a cancellation rate. I almost, it's like, I, I don't know, lately it's like I've been selling less than I used to, but my cancellation rate has gone to negative 10%. 
I usually, literally negative 10, because I usually, whoever closes stays, and then on average, there'll be an extra one or two people the next day or Monday go, hey, is there any way I can still get that? And, and I don't know, good, bad, I like it. I think it's way better. <laughs> and yes. there's nothing cooler than having the promoter text you and say, hey, we just had one, another person email and ask if they could still do your program. Is there any way you can still offer the pricing? I was like, yeah, she was at the event, no problem. But that kind of stuff is pretty cool. Very cool. As, as, we, as we wind down, I know you, our time is coming right now. Tell me a little bit more, just kind of the last piece about the types of seminars you're doing now, I know we mentioned that these multi-speaker, you're still having speakers, but it's not the same culture that it used to be, you know, when we first got in 10, 15 years ago. What's the culture like now? What are the events you're putting on that are right now that we should be aware of, especially your speaker training events? I'd love to, if you want to plug those, but I also want to kind of know like what they're like. Okay. So I have my big event once a year is called the Million Dollar Speaker Summit, milliondollarspeakersummit.com. And that one is primarily my self-teaching, which it actually is the new model, is having the expert teach to a smaller group of people and sell a large program at the end. Yep. So my audience is about 80 people Sick between 60 and 80, so it's a smaller group. I do have sponsors that come and sponsor it, and I do have a couple of premier sponsors like Infusionsoft and and uh, Direct Pay that come and help, and they get speaking time. Oh, cool. But otherwise, it's my teaching, a couple of sponsors speaking, and then my student. And so that's so great. Students, I love that you have a space I'm, to highlight you know, the speaker students. Here is the coolest thing because I just spoke to I just spoke to Jason at an event I just spoke at in uh, Atlanta and he was telling somebody I he didn't even tell me, I heard him tell somebody it is so cool because you go one year you see the people that sign up for the mastermind and then you come back the next year and you see them on stage and they've grown so much and I'm like wow, I never realized, I mean, I realized it, but I didn't realize somebody else realized it, but because he's been a sponsor multiple times, he has seen it and it's so cool. So if you're in the six year mastermind, you get five minutes on my stage. If you're in the year long, you get 15 minutes on my stage. And if it's concise, and of course it's using my speaker systems. So it's just, you know, over the top. Awesome. So they're prepared. They know what to do. It's a great stewarding of their time yeah, for the audience too, which is cool. Like if they've already been trained by you, the audience is going to love their message, right? It's not oh, like you're right. doing a favor for them and then the audience suffers. It's like, no, the audience is excited because they get all these cool, fresh speakers. Right. That are teaching well, something. They're, and they're good. We're talking about and they're you taught good. them. They're very good. And no, you that's can my tell point. That's difference. great. Yeah, you can tell the difference between someone who's been with me six months and someone who's been with me a year. Oh, so you said six of, months and one year program. Yeah. <laughs> I think when you first said you said if you're part of the six year program, I was oh, like six months. I was like, oh really? <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to say anything in case, in case <laughs> you're like, nope, six years is the new mastermind time. Okay, hey, so that's you have six cool. months. <laughs> and it just costs you a gazillion dollars. <laughs> Six years, you come live with me? <laughs> yeah, yeah oh. <laughs> you can do that on my stage. But that's All one right. stage. But then I have um, yeah. then I have my one-day event that I do two or three times a year, and I'll oftentimes invite. You know, you've been there. You've spoke there. Like, yeah, and what's that called now? Is that, is that still Speak Up? Speak Up, Get Clients. Speak Up, Get Clients. That's what I thought. Yeah, and I, I'll be having one in a couple months. And that's just, you know, letting people... Again, I, I like smaller, more intimate crowds and, you know, where you can really get with the audience and all that. Not that I'm against the 400 people crowd that, you know, totally being different experience. There, but, but even my speaker training intensive, which is my four day premiere event, like you've got your, 
I only work with 10 people at a time because I want to make sure I'm available to really coach them one-on-one -on, -one on their speech. But that's just my style. Well, and RV, I want to say too, like just commend you on that too, because as long as I've known you, and this is, I've known you at least 10 years yeah. uh, at this point, like, I don't know anyone else who's done that. Like the only reason people ever limit to 10 people is because that's all they can get. <laughs> and then once <laughs> they can get 20, they limit it to 20. And then once they get a hundred, they limit to a hundred. You have consistently, since I've known you, your master speaker training four day program that you've been doing for over a decade, at least yeah. um, has always been limited to 10 people maybe 12, but I think it's 10 always, right? Well, I, I took 14 one time and I vowed I would never do that again. And look at so that. And, and how, many, how many people could really say, hey, you know what, even if 30 people want to pay me for this, I'll, like you'll be like, great, I'll just do three of them. Because it's, it's 10 people at a time. That is incredible. So I don't know anywhere else you can get that kind of private uh, work. Man, this has been amazing. RV, as, as, we, as we wrap up, kind of a final question for you is, if you were starting out fresh, as a brand new speaker on the field today, what advice would you give to yourself as a veteran speaker now to the baby RV? Get as much training as you possibly can. Take, you, know, you don't just take one speaker training. Take as many speaker trainings from as many different coaches as you can find because they all have something different. I, I do a lot of the mechanics and the systematic approach, but then you might want to go to someone like yourself, add the icing on the cake for the NLP and how to stand and anchor, which I don't do. There's sure. other people that do this whole inspirational thing. There's people that do voice, people that do stories. You know, I do stories too, but some that just specialize. So get as much training as possible before you step out on stage. Yeah. So that the first time you open your mouth, it's awesome and other people in the audience hear you and want to put you on their stage. So good. RV Robinson, thank you so much. You're a legend. Thank you. <laughs> Guys, you can get everything from RV. Remember, go to RV, A-R-V-E-E, rvrobinson.com slash free closing script. And you can get her free closing script, how to turn interested into income after every single speech. Follow RV on social media. It's not hard. She's going to be the only RV Robinson because she has such a cool, unique name. Um, <laughs> and when you go over to rvrobinson.com, you'll also see a few other uh, goodies you can get in there. There's, I'm sure, spaces to book time with her. Check out her events, milliondollarspeakersummit.com. And look, she said also, sponsorship's a huge thing. So I'd really encourage you to check out not just RV's event, but anyone's, but check out Million Dollar Speaker Summit and see if sponsorship works because it's one of the best ways to get on stage really quick. Get out there and get on stage. We're excited for you and I'll see you next week on Speaking of Getting Booked.